Hello, this is uh, Jeff and John We're from the other side of the pulpit, and John's trying to figure out technology on his phone while I'm starting this up. So if you hear him mumbling to himself, that's what he's doing. Uh, I was out last week due to uh, exposure to someone who had COVID. I did not get sick, and the other person as well. So thank you, Lord. All right, so we're uh, with Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. He's John. I'm Jeff. Um, he's a preacher's kid. I'm a preacher with kids, and we get together and we share the gospel and talk about current events and and pick each other's brain and and debate situations. And we do this so that we grow deeper, and then we just kind of let y'all hear what what's going on. And this is how our minds work for the good or the bad. Um, our goal is not to make you um, think that we're the wisest people in the world are even the dumbest people in the world. but And we might fall in one of those two categories or somewhere in between. But what we really, 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 really want is for you not to figure out your opinion, but to figure out what the Bible says. So we're going to open with prayer, and then John and I are going to get started. Dear Lord, thank You so much for this day. Father, thank You for Your many blessings. Lord, we ask You to... Open our hearts and minds up to, to learn more about you and to grow stronger in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, Johnny. What you got for us this week? What do I got for me, for us? I don't know what you got. Uh, Where did we leave off two weeks ago? I can't remember. I thought you had it written down. I did, but I don't know which book I had it written down. <laughs> John comes in like a school kid, like a school nerd. With bunches of books and Bibles and and uh, so, I think a question I asked you was what you know about church history. Yes, what do I know about church history? Where does where does our the, the theological doctrinal traditions that we follow as religionists come from? Well, you know, and and I was telling you that I said I know that uh, Sunday night service started when. In the, in the rural churches when they started having lights um, and, and, and in the United States anyway yeah. they started having lights they said come worship uh, with the, under the lights and then that kind of got started and so I'm not even sure if it was biblical or, or, or spiritual as much as it was something neat um, the midweek Bible study started with everybody shutting down their businesses during wasn't it World War One or 2 or something like that and people would come together and pray over the guys that were fighting and and over the people that were involved in the that and uh but you said I had to go much farther than that, but way, way back to and uh so there's I honestly I have not done a, a study on churches, but when you read when you read the Bible you have the Jewish temple and then you had, when Paul was going out, each city had, like, the Ephesus, he would, go, he, he would go and preach to them. I don't know if he was at a temple or if he was just, because that, a lot of times they were in houses. And so it really wasn't like a church as much as it was like they gathered together. And I think over time it's evolved into this based on what I think, but not necessarily what I know. If I, you know, just based on the Bible, they didn't go in. He didn't go to First Baptist Ephesus, and and then Second Baptist, and then uh, Bethel Baptist, and, and you know, saying because 
he didn't go to to uh, Mount Olives Baptist Church, and uh, then he didn't stop by the United Methodist and the Pentecostal churches um, when he was going around preaching and when when so Barnabas so, and all that. So I'm not sure if there was temples there from from the Jewish people that that they went into, or if they just met in houses, or if they met if they just gathered together as a, as a as a town or or city or whatever, because or location, if that makes sense, I don't know. Based on the scriptures, it does not say that he went to a church, but he went to the people of Rome, and he went to the people of, and he so they gathered together somewhere, but it, that's that's what I know. And then somewhere along the way, it evolved because. Some people thought you're supposed to be sprinkled, and some people submerged, and some people thought that if you if the water's not moving, you're not baptized, you're not cleansed. And some people thought, think it, that if you uh, don't get baptized the very second that you get saved, that you're not going to heaven. It's not truly saved. And some people think that you got that that you got to hit people on the head to 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 heal them. And some people think you you, you know you, that you got to jump up and down and speak in tongues and. And none of that's in the Bible. None of that's in the Bible. So, basically what I'm hearing is we have progressively gotten away from the basic foundations and fundamentals and gotten more into what we think it ought to be. Pretty much. So we've developed our own religion belief. And when I say that, I'm 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 being general here, okay? I, oh, I, yes, you are, and, and and that's exactly what I said. I just didn't say it that way because Paul didn't Paul didn't say, tell people that you have to. The, the only way that you know that you're going to go to heaven, and, and, and well, let me just go back and stop. No, no apostle in the Scripture said that you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven and you have to be baptized in running water or you have to be sprinkled or you have to be submerged or you have to be... No, nobody, nowhere in there does it... There is, I've, I've read the Bible and it talks about death, burial, and resurrection which is, which is why I believe that the submersion is the way Jesus was baptized because it represents that more so than the sprinkling. But nowhere in there does it say that, that if you're not baptized, you're... Um, that if you're not baptized in running water or whatever, so yeah, I think uh, I think that's kind of what it, we've 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 moved away from the scriptures, started going towards what we think worship is all about. Well, I know that that, that there's one like like you so succinctly said one time, there's one thing that's not in the Bible, and that's our opinion. Yes. So at some point in time, we substituted. And when I say we, I use this as a generalization term. We have substituted our opinion for what Scripture actually says. Mm-hmm. And, and in doing that, what we've done is we've taken Scripture and our opinion and kind of commingled them together mm-hmm. to make it something that we could not necessarily trust in but that we could grasp or understand or believe as a system to base our faith on mm-hmm. or to base our belief system on or to put our life standing and standards on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So at some point, which goes back to the Reformation, which came out of the Jewish worship system and the separation between the Jewish worship system and the separation of the grace given to Paul mm-hmm. to give to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. At some point in time in there, there, there was a separation. Mm-hmm. But then, then again, there was another bringing back together. Mm-hmm. Which, if you go back and, and you even remotely understand what Satan's whole plan mm-hmm. and purpose is, is to muddle and confuse. Mm-hmm. Which is what he's pretty effectively done mm-hmm. in today's modern day denominational mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bible college type. And you and I have talked about that because when you go to any kind of school, yep. what they want you to do is regurgitate successfully their With course their, of study. Yes. Doesn't matter what it is. If you go to a Seventh day Adventist, they want you to successfully regurgitate what they teach you. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what's right or wrong. But it's what they say is right or wrong. Uh, yes, and 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 here's you're you're absolutely right. But and that's that's where I think uh, people are still putting in their opinion. Um, yeah. And 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 where it's going from here is going somewhere. It's it's like contemporary music versus uh traditional music where the traditional music was contemporary before it was traditional Mm -hmm. and um and there is music that falls between yeah and then it's like bibles you know what nobody has told me nobody has ever been able to show me why one bible is better than another bible they've showed me their opinion on why one bible is better than another oh i like the way this one says this okay but there's no there's well, this Bible says it this way, and it, and this Bible says it this way. Well, we've changed words around so much over society that that um, that we don't even know what they mean. Yes, <laughs> I mean, truth be told, we should if we really want to study God's word, we should learn Greek and Hebrew and go back to the original. Mm-hmm. It's really what we should be doing. But in, even in doing that, we're going to find that there's things in Greek and Hebrew because, in a lot of cases, just as you've discovered with. With Spanish, mm-hmm. one word can mean a whole lot of different things, mm-hmm. and it's it's been able to take that context of what mm-hmm. that has been said in, which goes back to one of the things that I say. You got to go back to Coverdale when he said, "Take the whole Scripture. Mm-hmm. You got to look at where it was said, what was said, mm-hmm. who it was being said to, what mm-hmm. they were talking about, the language of it, not necessarily the 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 you know Hebrew or Greek, but." The, what was the train of thought that was going on when they were speaking it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in a good example, the almost perfect example is the, the retranslation or the re-understanding of the separation of church and state mm-hmm. in our own constitution. Yes. When it was separated in church and state, was the, church, the state was not going to dictate what the church um, believed. They were not going to tell them, you've got to preach this, you mm-hmm. can't preach that. Um, and that. And that is... Not as their the separation of church and state now has been is just completely opposite. The separation of church and state now means that the state can tell the church what to do, but the church can't. But do the it. Can't, yeah. church can't do the other. Whereas before, it was not necessarily the church telling the state what yes. to do. It was the church instructing the state, yes, leading the state into what to do according to God's word. 
mm-hmm. according to God's principles and what He says. It wasn't the state dictating what the church could or yeah. couldn't say. And but here and, and here, if you go back to what you're talking about, um, and I've really never, I, I hadn't thought about this really. If I have, it's been so long ago I don't remember thinking about it. So, um, but where have we come with the churches? Exactly. Which goes back to one of the things in the Old Testament. I believe it's in Proverbs when he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We don't know these things. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we don't stop and take time to go back and look mm-hmm. at them. We, we don't, we have, what, we, what our knowledge is based on is what's going on at a particular point in time. Now, I will say that because our society has grown to the way it's grown, the way things were at that time cannot be done the way it's done. If we went back to that. In other words, Paul walked into Galatia and said, hey people, and he started preaching. And he would talk to them. And he wrote letters to Galatia. And, and so I, I feel like that through that, they gathered together in one point and talked. But you would have a hard time gathering everybody together in our society today the way they did then. I'm not going to continue with you, but I'm going to bring a point up. Yeah, look, that's the whole point of, the, of us doing this. All right. You remember back when the church, and when I say church, church means an assembly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to actually mean a called out assembly. Mm-hmm. Now, you can have churches that are not godly churches. Mm-hmm. You can have a church of Satan. Yes. You can have a church of positive thinking. Yes. we got one now with over 15,000 members in it. Mm-hmm. Very prominent church. Mm-hmm. It's an assembly. Mm-hmm. All right? Boy, that eight track just hit a bump. <laughs> uh, churches used to be the social center of the community. Well, it, no... No, I think it evolved to that. It did. I don't think it was that originally. I don't think they gathered together in Paul's day, in Matthew and Mark and, and, and Luke and John and all, and the 120 disciples that were there when Jesus ascended and they were all going out preaching the gospel. I don't, I don't believe any of those people, um, I don't think at that time they had Sunday afternoon lunches. In fact, listen, well, there was a guy from Arizona that comes to that moved here to work, and so he was talking mm-hmm. about. He said, "What's a homecoming?" He said, "Somebody said they would." He said, "We don't have homecomings at our churches out in Arizona." He said, "What is that?" See, they they do things different out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying they do things different out there. And so he was like, and and, and we're talking about tradition. I mean, so. Well, you know, they they don't have homecomings. So I told them, I said, well, depends on who you talk to, why it was started. Some some say it was started because it's an anniversary of the, when the church was was started, and they everybody did. Some were, were it was uh, you know people had gotten out of church, and it was a good time to go back and just say, hey, why don't y'all come on home? Mm-hmm. And it's a homecoming. This is and uh, this is your home church. Yeah. You've went somewhere else, now come back and visit for a while, and go back where you. Or went. if you haven't been going to church, start coming back. Start coming back. One of the two, and and that's the other thing is come on home and visit your family and go back. Let's just have a great, great yeah. big. Uh, uh, if your name's ever been on the rolls of this church, yes, great big 
family and, supper. And he said out in Arizona, they were they would have, um, and I forget what he called it, but it basically, if you hadn't come back to church day, you know, mm-hmm. this is a great day. Just just come back to church. This mm-hmm. this is the day we, you know, just kind of set it in stone where people can come back and start mm-hmm. coming back to church because they've gotten out of church, mm-hmm. and uh, but they don't. Have, but see, so even. 400, you know, even 14, 1500 miles apart, there's different traditions mm-hmm. that hold. But yeah, I don't think Paul and any of the disciples or apostles in that day, um, Timothy and, and Barnabas and uh, John Mark and all that, I don't think any of those guys uh, went to a Sunday afternoon dinner where they had fried chicken. Mm-mm. No, and, and that they didn't. But but yet you do see a time where when Paul showed up, everybody else showed up too. Mm-hmm. Why? That's because Paul was the one that was actually founder of all these little churches. And when I say founder, he was the first one that comes in and gets everything together. Mm-hmm. Y'all come here. You know we need to get to you know get to here. Let, let, here, let me present you what I brought. My message. This is a message that I've been you know charged to give. This is a message that I received from. The, the risen Lord, you know, here's the message, come hear it. Yeah, but he also, when he was writing these letters, was writing these letters going, hey, Timothy's going to be showing up, Titus is going to be there in a minute. Uh, these are so people that I'm training. They, these guys are coming in these are my and listening to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And and so and it, and it pyramided from there because they, they trained people and hopefully, you know, that's why the church grew the way it did. But yeah, somewhere along the way it evolved to doing something else. Now don't get me wrong, I think on one hand it's really good that Christians come together because there's so many different different things out there in this world. It's nice to have different different types of Christian activities to go to and, and gathering at the church with your friends is 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 fine. I, I think that's a good thing. All right. Go back to that word that you said right there, Christians. Mm-hmm. Where did we get off from that point? At some point in time, we've got off from from actually knowing what it is to be called a Christian, to uh, what a true Christian is. Yeah, that's that's uh, something I've struggled with for probably um, longer than I've been a pastor, because people claim to be Christians, and people, and I've said it from the pulpit for for many years. Uh, Christianity is not the default religion. I'm not atheist. I'm not Scientologist. I'm not Mormon. I'm not Presbyterian. I'm not. I'm not uh, Jehovah's Witness. I don't know why I said Presbyterian. I meant Jehovah's Witness. Well, if you're Baptist, does that make you a Christian? Well, that's the whole point. Is you got all these other religions, and then Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecost—they all fall under Christianity. So you're. So you're either. And you go, well, I'm not Pentecostal, but well, I'm a Christian. Even you know? Catholic nowadays is falling under under Christianity. Even, I mean... But I don't know that Catholicism fell under there to begin with, or maybe it did, and then it moved away, and then it's coming back. I don't, I'm not real sure, but... What about the Reformed Church? Well, you know, the Reformed Church is, depends on who you talk to. Is is Christianity and the Arminianism is not, but... You know, it depends on who you talk to. But what I'm saying is, I've been saying for years that, that just because you're not anything else doesn't make you a Christian. Exactly. Just because you say, I want to go to heaven, does not make you a Christian. Just because, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of... Well, and, and see, Christianity now has even been, it, it's even been broadened out to just saying that you're a person of faith. Yeah. Whatever that is. 
and we I think we discussed that pretty good. Well, I, there there are people out there. I, um, I was uh, listening to some. I was, I was trying to find. I'm not good at it, so I, I end up finding junk that I don't want to find. But I, I tried to listen to preachers on tick on Facebook or TikTok or YouTube or whatever. I tried to listen to different preachers, and and uh, there was one. There was it was not a preacher, but it was it was a supposedly a Christian artist, mm-hmm. and um, so I just kind of I was like, I want to hear the story, you know, and just and. Um, so I pressed the button and started listening while I was I had my headphones in while I was doing something on my computer at work. And uh the first it started out, I was like, okay, I see, you know, you you're here to listen to the struggle and all that. Then come to find out the struggle they were having had more to do with the fact that they were I mean they, and this is the the almost quote word for word uh, what caught my ear because you know you halfway listening said the the lady says I'm a queer Christian and I, was, I said yes, right. as my wife we don't pay her extra <laughs> coming here but um, so you know you, she said I'm a queer Christian and, and it's been difficult and as a queer Christian in in the in in uh, in and an artist, you know, performing and all this. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, first of all, go ahead. Being a, being a homosexual and being a Christian is almost opposites. You can't, you know, you're either serving God or you're not serving God. That's like saying, that, that'd be like saying, I, I'm a, um, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know who I don't know I can't remember the person's name. Okay. John wrote a name down, but I don't remember the person's name. I, I, don't, I got a story about that too. But but anyway, see, here's my thing is on, on all that is, you know, people have continued to to change Christianity and church to meet their personal desires, and. It scares. I'm going to tell you, John. Something that scares the daylights out of me is that I do that. That I don't. That I don't preach the gospel the way God wants it preached. That I don't. I, I'm. I am in 100 percent about myself. Okay, the same thoughts you're coming out with about that right here. Why? It's because Jeff. The deeper I get into the Word, the further I found out where I've gotten off. Mm-hmm. The, the more I understand what I don't know. And the more, I don't, the more I understand what I don't know, the more ignorant I find, the more I get frustrated with myself because it's so plain and clear. Yeah. Well, what I think is bad is, is many people go, well, I, was, I was, grew up in a Baptist church. I grew up in a Methodist church. I grew up in this church. And they... they Follow. They don't want to offend anybody. Well, that's love. When you love somebody, when you don't offend them, 
No, actually, that's the opposite of what the Bible says. Uh-huh. But here's the thing: like I, I had a preacher tell me one time, he goes, "We don't spank our kids because we love them too much." And I looked at him dead in the face in front of all these youth, and I said, "That's actually opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says if you love your children, you will discipline your children. It says if you if you love if you if you don't love your child, you won't discipline your child. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. And so." Um, the you, Lord chastens those He loves. Yes, and so and He's like, well, yeah, you're right. It's like you can't argue with that. That's scripture, man. Your your weakness, um, you know. I I I discipline. I spanked Amanda one time because she was disobedient, even though she did. She was doing something good. I said, Amanda, I told you to do this, and you didn't do it. She goes, yeah, but I did all this other. I said, but I didn't tell you to do all that. This is what I told you to do. Go back to when the Ark of the Covenant, God told him, don't put your hands on it, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? The thing started to fall, and this guy went out to stop it and put his hands on it, and what happened to it? He died. He died. But I was trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and see, that's where the that's the problem that people have is, oh, well, we just, I don't care. I just, we've gotten away from. The church has gotten away from from truly serving God. Mm-hmm. Now we're so a lot of churches are just entertainment for for an hour. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and put on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, Come in, get a fuzzy feel good, and go about your week. You know, the one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why I I, I am the way I am during a worship service is because if you see me in a worship service. And you see me at the store, and you see me on the road, and you see me on my vacation. I want to be the same. I want to be the same. I don't want. Yeah, to, I, I does that make that. sense? I do absolutely. But, but because see, I am a child of God all the time, yes, and I'm excited to serve Him all the time. Yes. I had somebody come up to me and go, "You just smile all the time." I try to smile all the time. And 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 part of that because I try to be happy all the time. And sometimes I'm not happy, and I have to I have to really work hard to get myself back in where I need to be. But the reason why is because I want people to see God in me. When that when I leave a room, I want them to go. I was in the presence of a man of God, and not that I'm a great person because I'm nothing without God. But church should not be a show. Church should not be what we desire decided to be, but I will say that because of the our economy and because because of where we are in our society, it can't. It would be hard to to stop right now and go back to what it was. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have to yeah. take what we've got and make the best of it, be, because going back to what it was in in New Testament times is not going to happen. Because first of all, there's no way to gather everybody together to do stuff, and and uh, and there's no there's no way in each community. And then and then there are no apostles now. Mm-mm. There's no, just there's, there's just preachers. And so um, at that point, you got to have everybody coming together. Uh, you know, preaching the same thing. That's one of the things. You know that when you're a part of a denomination a lot of times and that, and if you if 
like even even Southern Baptists have adopted uh, like this certain literature, and if you preach, you can preach the literature of the Sunday school lessons mm-hmm. if you want to. And there's a lot of pastors that do that. Well, and and see that that goes back, Jeff, to one of the things that I can never understand. That that I have always struggled on two fronts with. It goes back to the old adage, you know, you you're in the car, you're on the way to church on Sunday, right? You got your best shiny shoes on and your little tie and your little mm-hmm. white shirt and just fighting like cats and dogs and hating each other and spitting, crying and all this stuff. But the minute that door comes open and you set your foot on that concrete on that parking lot out there, whether it's gravel, dirt, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to put that smile on. Mm-hmm. Hey, brother, how are you doing today? It's just wonderful to be here in the Lord. Well, and you just got out of the car cussing your little brother. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, here's the other thing, too. Uh, is it, it's, it's putting... It's, are we truly understanding what it means to live in a regenerated spirit? Do we know what that means? Well, as opposed to, or is it something that we, out of our own effort in our own self, is trying to affront and trying to affect to people? I, is it is it our own message, our own persona that we're trying to give out of this is what God's supposed to be? Is that the case? Well. Going back to the fighting and cussing your little brother and then getting out of the car and putting on a smile, um, sometimes that's that's the way life is. You don't you don't put your pants on when you get to church or work or whatever. You put your pants on before you leave the house. And sometimes, you know, you you have to deal even in it. Even in a church environment, to keep the lights on, we have to have business meetings. We have to we have to sit down and, and budget money because we have to do that stuff. And there's things that happen that things that that you have to cut and all this. But at the end of the day, you, you nobody's perfect. And so when you start talking about you you fighting with your brother or sister or your, your spouse or whatever, and you get out of the car at church and and you're supposed to put on a smile and be a Christian. Well, the truth be told is when, you, when you're fighting with them at home and you get up and go to work, you don't fight with them all day at work either. Does that make sense? And if you do, you're not giving your boss what you're supposed to be giving your boss. You have to come in and you have to say, okay, this, we'll deal with this, but I've got, I've got to do this. And so some of that is, you know, you have to throw yourself... What's going on, Daniel? Hello, Daniel. Sometimes you have to just throw yourself into the into the pot and go. Okay, we're gonna we're dealing with this, and we're, now we got to stop dealing with this until you can work it out. And sometimes you have to do that with your friends because you. And and so sometimes we look at that as oh, we're fighting, and then we're gonna get out. Well, you know what? Throughout life, you're gonna disagree with folks. You got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You can't. Do, you're never always gonna get along. So to say that. Well, you get out of the car and come into church and, and you just got through fighting. Well, it's going to happen. And and Monday when you get up and go to work, sometimes you're going to be fighting in. Sometimes you have a bad day at work and you have to deal with a situation with one of, the, one of your coworkers or bosses or subordinates or whatever the case may be and you have to deal with that situation. Well, you don't just carry that home and... and and put it on your family or you shouldn't carry that at home and put it on your family you should leave it at work and come back home and be the person you need to be at home for your family does that make sense yeah so so that's probably to me has always been an example i'm like man 
So what, what are you trying to say? That we're supposed to be perfect all the time? And you can't. No. What I'm saying is you go back and you look at Paul. If there's anybody in history, any human being in history that should ever have had the attitude that we're talking about right now, the same things that we go through, it should have been Paul. But Paul was always joyous. He even, was always even when joyous. him and him and was it Barnabas got into a argument and they were the church. contentious with each other. But yet at the same time, if you go back and you still look at Paul, who who did they get who did they get contentious over? John Mark. But didn't Paul in some of his later epistles say, "Look, John Mark's coming to you. He's a good dude." Mm-hmm. He resolved that. Why? Because he grew in the faith. He grew in that knowledge of what the Holy Spirit had done with inside of, mm-hmm. inside of him. Did he hate the Roman soldiers that beat him? Did he hate the Jewish people that stoned him and drug him out on more than one occasion? No. Did he did he contend with them? He probably did to a point. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But yet we at the all same do time, that. He We're... understood that new life that he'd been given within him, and it was when he lived out of that new life that he was able to go back and accept John Mark. Right, but here's the other thing too: is if there was contention between him, and that's why he went one way and Barnabas went another way. When you look at that, you go, they probably had words. They they did. So they had words, and that's what I'm saying. Nobody's perfect. Not even Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul, the only the only perfect one was Jesus, and and there's nobody perfect, and that's why we, you know, that's why when when it comes to uh, looking at everything, we know there's a, there's imperfections in in every person, mm-hmm. and you're right, but can't but getting out of the car and being joyful and and loving everybody else, isn't that doing trying to do the same thing? No, it's put on. It's learn how to put on the front. <laughs> See, I disagree with that. I think if that's what you're doing... Because inside of you, when you get out of that car and you put that face on inside, you're still going... You know? I don't. I, I really don't. If I'm disagreeing with somebody and I walk out, I don't, I don't, I don't let that... I, I put that aside. And the reason why is because I want to be happy. That's what I said a minute ago. I said when I'm in church, I try to be the same as I am if you meet me on the street or if you meet me at the store, if you meet me at work, I try to be the same. That's the difference between the joy and the happiness. You can yeah. be joyous and not be happy. I figured that one out. Well, I think in this situation, I think one of the things, and we've kind of veered from the subject a little bit about very, you know, well, it, which it, is what, every, but yet it comes right back to where we've gotten off base as people who profess to be Christians, because why? Because we follow church tradition as opposed, we follow church, and I'm saying church, and I mean religion, religious, religious, teachings. yeah. We're following religious teachings opposed to what the Word of God yeah. actually says, as as opposed to what we're brought into to know well, how to live in the Spirit and in the joy, uh, in the peace. Of, of what lies ahead of us is that glory that we're going into. And a lot of that's because we've been taught that way and a lot of it's because of our own ego going, that's exactly I, want to, right. I want to study this. I want this to mean what I want it to mean. That's exactly and, right. And, and that's why, and that's, I believe that's right why some people are like, I swear I'll go back to this. This, this King James Version says what I want it to say and this, or this ESV says what I want it to say or this says what I want to say because the word there's a word here or there that's different, but if you look at the at the meaning of the words, they're probably all synonyms. 
So they really mean the same thing, but but I write this one better. And that's because when I study the Bible um, and and look at it, I I, st- I got the King James with me right now because that's what I've been reading out of. But I read out of the ESV and I read out of the Christian Standard Bible. And I read out of New King James Version. And to be honest with you, the only reason why I don't use the King James Version all the time has more to do with the thousand and these thousand and death these, and, yeah. and death knots than it does anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You ever picked up a Santa Biblia, the Spanish Bible? I have. Have you read it? I've tried, but it's hard to read. <laughs> it's hard to understand. It's, it's the same way with the King, King James 1611. Yeah. You know, if you're not familiar with the old English speaking, a lot of it, you just really can't understand. Well, and that's why... E- even the letters. Yeah. Even yeah, the letters. Um, of is UV in the 1611. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I've got a 1611 copy in my, my office. But. We'll go right. cut this off. Go ahead, Johnny. Close right. this out. Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to share with people. Thank you for the opportunity of opening up and showing other people that these are not just things that they individually go through, but that all of us do. We all go through this because we're all human. Father, the, the biggest thing for us to focus on is the fact that you are sovereign. All of this is in your plan. There's nothing that confronts us on a daily, minute-by-minute, second-by-second basis that you do not know. You know it all. Father, you're sovereign over everything. Help us, number one, to focus on that. Number two, focus on what your son's done for us, what you sent him to do. He perfectly obeyed that. He died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. Father, in accordance with your scripture. Help us to know this in Christ's name. Amen.